usually I'm the one not leaving time for others to say much, and today is the opposite. So, <laughs> that's okay. We're going to head downstairs in just a minute and uh, have some pizza and cake. How many of you are excited for that? Yeah. Woo! All right. And some, uh, some videos and slideshows and, and various things. So, I am excited for that. But I do, I do just want to take a couple minutes. We have talked through our past, how the Father has loved His church and the present, how Jesus has taught His church. And uh, there's one more to go, which is the future, right? Uh, and where the Spirit is leading our church. And um, so I have a couple things just I want to say about that. And uh, more along the lines of the culture of our church and then what that culture might lead to. And I'm going to be as brief as I can. But one of the things that you need to know is that um, I have a bit of a secret. I've been telling you a lie for the last five years. And uh, that lie has been on a business card that's been in my desk. And I give that business card out to to various people. And I realized uh, when we were coming up to today that uh, my business card says on it, J. Frank Hoare, and then underneath my name it has a title. And that title is Lead Pastor. And uh, it's, it's a lie. You need to know that. And the reason that it's a lie is because um, I've been the second one in, kind of in, in command, if you will, um, w- when it comes to our church. I, I haven't been the one leading it, so I can't take the credit for it. Uh, I've made plenty of mistakes, and I'll take all the credit I can for those. And, and I'll <laughs> confess those to you and thank you for your forgiveness and your grace and your mercy, which you've given our family time and time and time again. And so I thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for remaining a family and sticking with us and and going through difficult times as well as joyous times uh, to be where we are today. It's amazing to look back and see what God has done. Um, But he's the one that's been doing it. He's the one that's been leading it. He's the one who's been in charge. And, And... So far as we've gotten it right as a church are the times when we've said to Him, Jesus, Your will be done. Your kingdom come here, not ours. Not our kingdom. Don't let this be about us. Don't let us create the kind of church that we would most like to go to or to do the things that we're... Our our personal preferences. We want to be about you and about what you're doing in the world. And one of the things that I love about our church is that We've gotten some of that right. There have been times over the last five years when we've, we've understood that and we've grown in the knowledge that God doesn't just want to, build, to fill a building with church attenders. He wants to fill the world with His glory. And He's using us to do that. I'm so thankful for the times He brings us together to be reminded and equipped and, and, and empowered for that. But thank you so much, church, that you've been committed to going and being his family of disciples on mission to those that don't yet know him. Uh, when I look at the, the next five years for our church, I, I, I see a lot of the same things that have been true the previous five years, and I just I want desperately for us to grow in those things. And uh, it's funny because a lot of them come down to things that you can't quantify and you can't put on paper, but there's, there's sort of cultural identifications. I love... The, the way that you understand a culture is that a culture is a way of life for a group of people. It's the behaviors, beliefs, values, and symbols that they accept generally without thinking a whole lot about them. 
and that are passed along by communication and imitation from one generation to the next. Now, one of the questions I constantly ask about our church is, what, are the, what is the kind of church that Jesus wants to build for our grandkids? What does he want to be true of their lives and true of the world that they see? And let's do what, what we can in terms of listening to the Spirit to make sure that we're setting the foundations for them to inherit something that looks more and more like the kingdom of God where Jesus comes and rules and reigns in his people in his reign of love. So when I think about the next five years and what that could start to look like, I think of a few things. The first thing I think of for us is that we want to cultivate a culture of, of gospel-saturated generosity. I, one of the things I love so much about our church, as Jen said, is just how generous God has made us to be. And, and it's funny because when we started being generous, we had nothing to be generous with. <laughs> as Tom was mentioning, we've made a garden. We had no resources to build it nor plan to do it. So it was like, okay, what does this look like and how is it going to get done? And the the first, one of the pictures that you saw was a helicopter view, because there used to be a helicopter pad back there, if you didn't know. And um, somehow we talked the guys into taking a picture of the field for us, and then they graciously gave that to us. And we're like, wow, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of dirt out there, but not much else, you know? But we were being generous with what God had given to us, because we realized that he didn't give it to us for us. He gave it to us for him. And we want to make much of him with the things that he's given to us. We want to continue that, family. Love 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, that says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And we bring up that verse all the time, and there's a reason for it. It's because any time that we're forgetting to be generous in a radical, gospel-saturated way, it's because we've forgotten the radical, gospel-saturated way in which God saved us and made us His family and gave us every gift in heaven and on earth. We have the richest dad that ever existed, and He is blessing and generous with His kids. Amen? And out of that generosity, though we may not even see tangibly the evidence of His gifts, even today, of all that He wants to give us, we can give in faith knowing that God will continue to pour into us because we're His family, we're His kids. We're going to try to continue to be generous. I want to call us. I'm not calling you to anything that you haven't done already. But call you to be generous with your homes and with your time and with your resources and with your talents and gifts because God has given you so many of those. We want to set that bar as well, church, and make sure that we're generous as a family. One of the things that I love that we're getting ready to do is in 2017, we're going to pay off this building. Just so you know, that's coming. There's something like a 30-year mortgage, and we're doing it seven. A lot of that is because of your generosity and the way that you've continued to give to our family. We have big plans to be even more generous. And we feel like so, in some ways we can't do that yet because we have $42,000 a year that's just going into a mortgage. And we want to free up those resources so that we can be increasingly generous with what God has given to us. Not so that we can pour into ourselves, but that we can be used of Jesus to pour into others. The, the next thing I was thinking about in terms of a culture is that we want to cultivate a culture of gospel-centered disciple-making. I think we've grown tremendously in that area, church. We're, 
where we have grown so much in our understanding of what Jesus has called us to be about and that the primary thing that he's called us to be about more than anything else is making disciples of him. Jesus says it this way, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in their new identity. We talk about that all the time. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you even to the end of the age. And I love that Jesus has been with us as we've gone about this work. I I believe that Jesus wants us to be even more serious about making disciples. And so that means as a church family, some shifts are going to happen. And the the leadership of our church is going to have to go from people that do all the ministering to people that do all the equipping so that the church can be the ministry. If you haven't heard me say this already, you're going to hear me say it at some point, so it might as well be today. Um, If you're in Jesus Christ, you are a full-time paid missionary. You're full-time staff of Jesus and His kingdom. You think, wait, I haven't... Like, when's the check going to come from the church? Like, where should I expect it in the mail? Do I pick it up? You know, see, it doesn't matter what name is written in the corner of it. That is provision from your Heavenly Father given to you so that you could be a representative of His kingdom. It doesn't matter what company or organization or place that you work for. You are full-time on Jesus' staff. And so as a church, we want to be even more serious and even more committed as leaders to equipping you for that very thing. And so in the next five years, we're going to get serious about what that means. We want you to be equipped in every way so that you feel like you're fully empowered by the Spirit to go out and do what Jesus has called you to do. Last is that we are going to be a church that cultivates a culture of gospel-motivated multiplication. One of the things that we always have to remember is that Jesus is creating a love within our family, not just so that the family can remain as it looks today. And one of the things that we've learned over the last five years is that we look quite a bit different than when we started. And there have been times that people have been sent away uh, to do different things, and there have been times that people haven't come with us along the journey, and there have been times that we've messed up and and, uh, have pushed people away and And I'm so thankful for the grace of God that covers all of those things. But as a family, we're constantly changing. So don't, maybe the reminder is for us, don't don't get comfortable with the way things look. Not that we can ever get comfortable. And I I realize that, like, even this morning, like, just saying things are different is like, oh, yeah, they're kind of always continuing to be different. Um, But they're going to continue to be different. Um, I learned that lesson one of the, the closest experiences I had in a, a small group of people is when we were learning uh, kind of a new style of, of doing a, a small group. And I gr- we grew so close to those people, and it pained us so much to have to, to, to grow into a new season where we allowed those people then to lead groups of their own. I mean, it felt like I was, you know, being ripped away from, a, from brothers and sisters. And so we had to remember at that point that the reason that we're a family is because of our father, not because of our brothers and sisters. Which means that we're going to have to be okay with growing and, and making sure that Jesus is the one that we love above all things. It's funny because I, I think as we're remaining faithful to Jesus, Jesus will actually create opportunities where he'll put two things in front of us and go, okay, who do you love more, this or me? And that's his grace to us. 
that He would do that because He knows that He's the only one who can sustain us and He's the only one that can make us into who He wants us to be. So with all that in mind, I'm going to talk just briefly about where I see us in five years. So this is what I'm praying particularly and I'm asking you to join me in praying for. And we're going to call this our 2021 vision. Okay? So you it was a little long to call it our 2021-55-2 vision. I feel like not many people would uh, remember that, but maybe 2021. So this is what I see five years down the road, that we would be a church of at least 20 cultivate communities. Families of missionary disciples sent to make disciples of people across South Jersey. We have eight of them today which means that, that more and more people are going to have to get trained in how to lead them and consider whether or not God's calling you to lead them and identify a people group within South Jersey that the Spirit might be leading you to and for us to bring you up here and affirm you and, and, uh, and commission you for that very work. It's going to mean that, we're okay, that we need to be okay with, when people feel that sense of calling in our Cultivate community that we're willing to apprentice them and, and release them to that work, though painful it might be. But that's what I see in 2021. The next thing I see in 2021 is 21 communities in Haiti trained to make disciples through story. We have been spending the last year and a half training 14 pastors in Shadrach. And 410 Bridge, the organization that we work with in Haiti, has 21 different communities, and they want us to spearhead the training of the pastors of every single one of those communities. That will affect, So, I mean, think about that. That's hundreds of pastors affecting thousands of people across the nation of Haiti. And we're, we're seeing the impact that it's having in the community of Shadrach, and they want to multiply that forward. So the next round is going to be in the region of St. Mark. And then after that, we're going to try to commission local training groups of Haitian pastors to go from place to place to place. But here's the reality. I'm not going to be able to do it all. I'm going to need many of you to get equipped so that you can come to Haiti and train pastors. How many of you are excited by that? They want it. And, and one of the beautiful things, that, and we even got to model this a little bit for them in the first round of training, is that they were being trained by people that don't have professional degrees, which gives them a lot of hope because none of them have professional degrees. Some of them, literally, somebody just handed them a Bible and said, you seem to be the most spiritual in our group. You're the pastor. That's their training. Basically, yeah. <laughs> and I'll just tell you, when... when when Fortin Bridge asked us to begin doing that, I remember sitting down the first time with these pastors and we opened up the very first story and we're starting to go through the Bible together and I'm going, I'm not equipped for this. I don't feel sufficient. Like who in the world am I that I get to sit here with these men who outpace me spiritually in every other way and train them on how to make disciples? So don't worry if you feel like you're in that same category. I'm in it with you. We're in it together. Okay? Um, next, 20 cultivate communities, 21 communities in Haiti. I'd like to see us get to the point where we have 50 people who are trained as DNA group leaders. 
If it, that's a concept that we introduced back in the fall that we've been doing for several years in a pilot kind of way, but we're going to be broadening um, our training for that and equipping for it. Basically, what that means is that you're equipped to lead uh, just a couple other people in discipleship, to help them grow spiritually in their next step with Jesus, to be able to listen, believe, and obey Jesus in everyday life. And again, if you don't feel equipped for that yourself, welcome to the club. Because <laughs> we're in it together. And, and one of the beautiful ways that I think Jesus works is that he, he gives you responsibility over things that you know that you have no business doing so that you can watch him do it. Now, I tell you, I've, I've grown over the last five years more than I ever have in my entire life. And most of that growth has come as a result of Jesus calling me into things that I knew I wasn't qualified for. So he wants to, he wants to empower you for this. Next, if we're going to have the, uh, 50 DNA group leaders and 20 cultivate communities in 2021, it means we're going to need, I think, at least five biblically qualified elders who will oversee those communities. So that, that means people that are able to teach, equip, shepherd, model, and oversee those communities to make sure that there is uh, support and shepherding and care for the leaders, that they have somebody to talk to and someone to bring issues to and someone to pour into them just as we've been poured into. Last, and I think this is the, this is the most faith-filled one, the one that's most stretching for me personally, but I think the one that has been brewing for a while, I think that God is calling us to plant two fully funded churches in the next five years. You think, well, wait, wait, we haven't gotten it all together yet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and we won't. Um, and here's, here's what gives me the confidence to say I think we can do this. It's not what I've learned over the last five years, but I think it's what you have to offer potential church planters so that they could become equipped to do what God has called them to do. Some of those people that lead those teams might come from us, and some of those people that lead those teams might bring some of us with them, and that's okay. We're going to release people to new works because we believe that's what Jesus calls us to. Some of those people might come from the outside that are looking for training and equipping, and I'm going to bring them into the best community I know how to do church, which is you guys. I'm so proud of you, family. I really am. And I'm so excited for our future together. I'm so excited for the things that God's called us to and the things that he will call us to. Um, and again, I just want to remind us that it's Jesus that's doing it. He's the one who's leading. He's the one who's guiding and empowering us to do more than we can ask or imagine. So, when it comes to committing... I'm not asking you to commit to a church. I'm not asking you to commit to a group of people or, or an organization uh, or to a guy in a really cool shirt. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, just, I'm simply asking you to respond to Jesus and what he calls you to do. You do that, family, and Jesus takes care of the rest. He will do more and more than we could ask or imagine. Does that sound like a plan? That's the only plan that we've had the last five years. It's working so far, so I think we should run with it. Sound good? So I'm going to pray for us. I'd ask that 
if, if you are committing to Jesus today, if you want to be part of what he's doing, would you stand with me as we pray? Jesus, thank you for where we've come from. Thank you that we have gotten to be a community that was born out of struggle and out of pain and out of uncertainty and out of weakness because we got to see all the ways in which you're strong, all the ways in which you bless, all the ways in which you empower people that know that we don't deserve it. Jesus, thank you for all that you've taught us in the last five years. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come on us, your family, and empower us for things we have no business asking for, but we ask in your name anyway, because you said if you ask in Jesus' name, that which you will do. So Jesus, we ask, would you make us a community that's saturated with the gospel, that is so generous that the people of our community would go, our lives are blessed and better because they're around. Would you make us centered around the gospel and the way that we make disciples so that we could see all of us grow to maturity in what it means to be centered around Jesus and sold out for your mission in the world? And would you multiply and grow us? Would you make us more, not, not just for the sake of numbers, but for the sake of more and more people being able to tangibly experience you in word and in deed in their lives so that they would know that you've come from the Father to save them and rescue them and send them out to do the very same thing. Holy Spirit, we need you. Would you come? In Jesus' name, amen. I'm just blown away. Like, I've uh, been a friend of Cultivate for a long time since you guys began, but really haven't started to delve in myself this past year. And uh, and it's just been great to experience those last five years from afar and this last year with you guys. Um, it's been amazing. And uh, I don't know. I'm in. I'm in for that 2021 vision. And I hope you guys are too.